happy to invite you into this conversation that I had recently with Katie Farinas. Um, we cover the topics of mental health, which we both take very personally. And um, as a yoga teacher, Katie shares with us the role that yoga plays in her life and also how she manages chronic pain through um, di using different tools and techniques in her life and also the role that intuition has played for a very long time in her life um, and how she got away from it and also how she reconnected back to it. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's get started. Hello, Katie, and welcome to the Returning to Me podcast. Thank you so much for being a guest with us today. Hi, Laura. No, th I thank you so much for asking me to be here. I love your <laughs> podcast, and um, I was excited when you reached out and asked me asked me to be on. Yeah, of course, and thank you. You were generous enough to have me on your podcast as well, so it's fun to be able to flip flip it and have another conversation today. So for anybody that hasn't met you before, I just want to do a little intro of you. So you're Katie Farinas, um, and you are the host of Mom on the Verge podcast, which I absolutely love that name. Thank you are you. also a nurse, and you're a mom of two. You have a daughter that's 15 and a son that is 10, and you live in New Jersey. Um, I found out that you are obsessed with your dog and sleep, which made me <laughs> <Yeah>. laugh. <laughs> and um, you describe yourself as an entrepreneur in the making, and you're also a yoga teacher. So um, let's kick it off by talking about your podcast. And that's how you and I came to know each other through the podcast course, which has been a fun journey to take together. Um, and I feel like I'm on the verge of something most of the time, whether it's frustration, tears, full on breakdown, all of it. So um, tell me about the conversations that you're having and, and sort of what you like to focus on with your podcast. So, okay. Well, thank you for all that. Um, and it's so funny how, when you said you feel like you're on the verge of something all the time and maybe this and maybe that, and that's actually really where the name came from because I went through a really challenging time in my life. And actually that's where the podcast was kind of born out of was mm -hmm. this really difficult time that I was having in my life and feeling like I wanted to have more connection and I wanted to have more deep conversations and um, I wanted to grow and expand. But at the same time, I was being challenged. Life was really throwing a lot of things at me. So I felt like I was on the verge of a breakdown, but I also mm -hmm. felt like I was in the verge of breaking open to mm. this whole next level of my life. Um, and some days I was on the verge of crying and some days I was on the verge of a really fantastic idea. Um, and so it's when I named it that, I I wanted to make sure people knew it wasn't like always a bad thing, right? It's, it, mm -hmm. Being a mom on the verge, is it like, I'm on the verge of losing my mind all the time? Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I am on the verge of losing my mind. Um, but sometimes I'm on the verge of such beauty and creativity and growth. And usually, actually, both of those things happen within the same day and sometimes within the same hour, right? So yes. it's we're always on a new verge. And um, I love the idea of the verge being like an edge. And you mentioned mm -hmm. that I'm a yoga teacher and 
we always talk about our students going to their edge. Like if anyone's ever taken a yoga class, the teacher will say, you know, only go into this pose up into your edge. And your edge is that spot in the pose where you're, you're working, you might be experiencing a little bit of discomfort. There's some mm -hmm. effort going on, um, but you're not hurting yourself, right? You're not going past your edge, which is where you can't maintain your breath and you may experience actual physical pain, or maybe the next mm. day you can't walk because you pulled a muscle. And that to me is the verge. It's the edge. It's that spot mm -hmm. where maybe we're like a little uncomfortable, but that discomfort is fueling growth and not pain. Wow. And it's where we are pushed up against our edge to the point where we burst open instead of breaking down. Yeah. So that's, that's where that, that term came from. And in the podcast, I, I try to help women and the podcast is open to everyone, of course, but we really focus almost exclusively on women and moms and their experience of the world of being a mm -hmm. woman and of being a mom. Mm -hmm. And we focus on their mental health. Mm. Um, and that came from my own journey of um, dealing with mental health issues in my family of origin and in myself and in my daughter to also witnessing as a nurse what happened to people's mm. mental health during the pandemic. Um, and my own journey led me to develop so many skills and practices and tools, as well as introspection, learning how to be introspective and learning how to do all of that inner work. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the breakdown that was happening in mental health during the pandemic, I looked around and I thought, oh my gosh, like I've been on this journey of mine just for me for so many years but there are so many people who could use these tools that I've learned and they're just not mainstream enough. They're just not, mm. you know, we're not talking about them enough. They're not in yeah. the common everyday vernacular. They're not the conversations people are having at the water cooler, which probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Everyone works from home, but you know, when you're just chatting with people, you know, it's, we are not having these conversations about these really challenging things that we're experiencing and yeah. how we can learn to be on our verge, learn to hit our edge and grow mm. from it, right? And, and become the best versions of ourselves from it. Absolutely. Um, so yes. And then I was like, well, I really love talking to people. I really love meeting new people and connecting and having these in-depth conversations. I should start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's what I did. <laughs> thank goodness you did. Yes. And I totally agree. We need more of these conversations and it's like, let's bring those things that can feel dark and heavy. Let's bring them out into the light and just talk about them because we're all human. And so many of us, um, go through those at some point in our life. So it's, it's really good to just hear other people's stories. It can make us feel so much less alone. Yeah. Um, so I love that you're doing that. And when you talk about that edge in yoga, it really reminds me of when we're being pushed out of our comfort zone and you can be pushed to that edge where it feels like this is good. This is growth. This is requiring me to, to stretch out of my comfort zone. But then at times for me, it feels 
too much and I retreat. And mm-hmm. I think I've, I've become more accepting of that myself and just saying that's okay. At times that's how I refuel myself, but also recognizing that at times on that edge, it's my job to actually dive deeper or just breathe through the discomfort. And so much of that can be related to yoga and you know, what yeah. the, the poses are doing for us. Yeah, I um I have this famous saying, and I think I actually have it on my Instagram profile, is that everything comes back to yoga because mm-hmm. the deeper dive that I take into yoga and its philosophy behind it, because there's yoga, the the poses that we know, right? And we go to class to take, they're just a um physical representation mm-hmm. of the deeper wisdom of the practice, which is all the philosophy that's behind it. And actually, if you dive into yoga philosophy, um, the practices came way later. Yoga in the beginning was actually just sitting and breathing. There were no Mm. actual poses associated with it. So I, I am very deep into the philosophy and I, it is, I always wind up saying it all comes back to yoga because somehow it always Mm -hmm. does. I, somehow I always find how, Um, when I really take the time to think about it, it all circles back to that philosophy. And, you know, when we are again in a pose, maybe we've pushed past our edge. And like you're saying, it feels like too much, right? You've Mm -hmm. gone past the growth point and you, now you need to retreat. And that's something else we, we learn in the physical asana practice, right? Maybe we think we can go to a certain point and then we realize, Oh, this was too much. And then we have to decide, are we going to be an ego and stay past our edge because maybe somebody else in the class is looking at us or we're being somewhat competitive or trying to prove something, or are we going to retreat, right? Are we going to retreat Mm -hmm. back to where we can breathe, to where we can calm our nervous system and be fully present and decide what our next steps are. And you've probably noticed for yourself in life that that edge changes every single day. You know, mm-hmm. what you can manage one day is very different from what you can manage another day. And the surrender to that and surrender is yes. a big part of yoga. The surrender to that every day is different. Every day I am different. And what I did yesterday is not the same as what I can do today. Mm-hmm. And that is perfect just as it is. There's nothing wrong with that. And being more gentle with ourselves, I think, um, in accepting what exactly what you're saying there, and even the outside influences in terms of what's happening in the planets and different things that can affect yes. our energy and our, yes. you know, everything really. Yes. Um, and as women, but, our cycles, and yes. then even just our stage of life that we're in. I mean, there are so many things that affect our ability to handle handle stress, handle growth, handle change, and where that edge lies for us. Yes. And with, um, with kids, um, and you and I've touched on this before, it's extra opportunity for stretching and growing and reactions and emotions and, and riding that roller coaster. So it becomes even more important that we have ways to kind of center ourselves and, um, less, less resistance to what's actually happening in front of us. Yes, that is so true. And, you know, you and I have talked before, I, you know, I do have a daughter who has had some mental health challenges and, you know, even the, 
uh, easiest, I'm using air quotes, no one can see me, but the easiest of children are, are challenging. And mm -hmm. then when you add, um, you know, a child who has, she has both mental and physical health challenges, mm -hmm. um, that's been a really, um, a really difficult journey in a lot of ways, but it's yeah. also been a huge part of what has broken me open. Mm. a huge part of what has helped me to grow as a person and as a soul. Um, it's been my spiritual teacher in many ways, having her and, and her experience of being her mother. Um, so I also love to focus on the show on how, you know, there things are going to come into our lives that we would not prefer, right? If we could, mm. if we could, design our life and write the story for ourselves. We would never write these things into our story, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it is usually those things that if we allow them to, if we choose to seek the deeper meaning and to, to come up against our edge and choose to grow that mm -hmm. create the most beautiful and profound changes in our life that would not have come if we wrote our perfect, beautiful story where none of those challenges existed. So yeah. it's, you know, finding the, um, my, I grew up Catholic. And so I have a lot of like Catholic sayings from my Catholic upbringing. And my mom used to say the bless and the mess. Um, mm. <laughs> and it's, it's that, it's that beauty. It's that jewel that lies at the center of the pain that yeah. if you can learn to breathe through the pain and be with the pain with self-compassion, you can uncover the beautiful jewel that's in the center of it. Mm, I love that visual. And it's so true. And without the contrast of different things, we can't just be in joy all the time. It, it wouldn't actually become, it wouldn't be joy anymore because we would have nothing to compare it to. So I love that idea of looking for the gift, even in the really you know, moments that feel very difficult. And yeah, I, um, I definitely have felt cracked open at times as well with the mental health struggles in our family and with my oldest son specifically, where um, very uncomfortable to not be able to take care of what you're seeing happening in front of you. Um, and the system can be quite frustrating and that's yes. to put it lightly. Yes. Um, so that has been a huge area of growth for me, but I would not call it comfortable, but I guess growth typically is not comfortable. No, growth is very uncomfortable. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is very uncomfortable, but I feel like it's the, it's the edges where we get the most, um, the most out of life, like the most profound experiences. Yeah. Yes. These are very uncomfortable experiences, but the depth of when you talked about joy, and I always say there's a, there's a difference between happiness and joy and joy is a much more profound, deep feeling than happiness, right? If I get a new car, I'm happy. I like my car. It's, it's you know, it's right. a really nice new car or, um, I get a new outfit and I look good in it. I feel happy. It looks good. But joy is this, um, sense of well being and sense mm. of deep gratitude for the moment. And, and it's a sense of presence, deep presence mm. that we can't, we couldn't, like you said, access that without having not had it, having, have, having had such the polar opposite of that mm. experience. Mm -hmm. So that when we are able to 
find joy, even in the most simple ways, like, you know, we see a beautiful flower or tree Mm -hmm. and it just touches us. And we just feel so connected and so peaceful Mm -hmm. and present and a sense of awe. That's joy. And Mm -hmm. that is a, that is one of the best feelings that I could ever wish upon anyone in their life is that feeling. And it's, it is, it is hard to access that feeling without having known such a different feeling from that. That's true. And those moments are most of the time experienced through things that are free and available to us, like being out in nature, feeling the wind on our face, um, you know, being at a park and watching a kid play with a dog, like all these different things. It's often unex- in the unexpected places, but it is such a great reminder to just, um, it, it's all around us, but are we noticing it? Yes. Yes. And it can be in the pain. Also, I, we didn't um, mention this earlier, but I have a chronic pain condition Mm. and I have lived with it for about 10 years now. And there was a point where I had not learned as many of the tools and skills that I have now. And I hadn't done as much um, self-reflection and and inquiry as I have done, you know, now. And I was really depressed. I mean, I Mm -hmm. was struggling. I had two children. I was still working as a nurse. um, And I was just struggling from day to day. And Mm -hmm. um, I had a hard time experiencing any joy or happiness, either one of those things but also just a hard time just seeing the positive in anything, really. Mm, I mean, I, mm-hmm. everything just had a cloud of darkness over it. Wow. And I distinctly remember uh, my in-laws used to have a cabin up in the Adirondacks and we had taken my children up there um, to visit and I had a horrible migraine. It, I had not slept, I, you know, was just feeling awful and being angry, just so angry that this disease was taking over my life and I was not able to enjoy my children. And I was Mm -hmm. just felt awful all the time. And I was laying on a rock. It was a beautiful day um, up in the Adirondacks mountain and the kids were fishing and it was just beautiful. I mean, the, the sky was so blue and the breeze was just blowing lightly against my skin and the kids were getting along holding their little fishing rods and the lake was gorgeous shimmering from the sun and just lapping up against the edges. And I just had a moment where a a switch flipped and I thought Mm. I could focus on that. Mm -hmm. All those things that I just mentioned, or I could focus on this pain that I have right now. Mm. And my experience of, I don't know what's going to happen with this disease, but my experience of this life will be dependent on what I choose to focus on. Mm. And I had such sorrow for what I was going through and anger, but I also had such gratitude for this experience that I was having in that moment. And mm. it was, I was holding both of those in the, in the same exact moment. I was hold, right. holding gratitude, peace, presence, joy, and awe as I was holding anger, fear, frustration, disappointment, mm-hmm. and I just allowed it all. I just allowed it. It's like, I'm allowing it all, but I am making a conscious choice in this moment that I am going to pan my vision 
towards what I desire and away from what I do not desire. Doesn't mean mm. what I don't desire isn't there. It's still there. Right. But if I can keep my focus on these other things that are also there in that same moment that are bringing mm -hmm. me so much more fulfillment, mm -hmm. it changes the whole experience of my life. And yeah. moving forward, I have um, chosen to do that over and over and over again. Wow. Well, in chronic pain, um, wears a person down and I've only had periods of it, but it's, it's heavy and it affects everything you do. So it makes total sense to me that you at times have been caught in, you know, that funk and that feeling of helplessness, let alone the side effects. If you are on medication for different things, the interplay that side effects can have from medications can complicate things. I'm going through that right now. Um, so is that a conscious choice? Are, are you in pain to this day as well? And you have to keep making that choice, what it, what you're going to feed and what you're not going to feed in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm in wow. pain right now, as we speak, um, yeah. I about got very little sleep last night. Um, and I still got up this morning and I got my son off to school and I went to yoga mm -hmm. and I'm working on my newsletter that I write each week for my, um, my email list. Um, mm -hmm. I'm having this beautiful conversation with you and I am so grateful for every moment of this day, mm -hmm. despite that I would prefer I was not in pain <laughs> and I would prefer that I felt better and that I had slept well. Yeah. Um, but again, like if I allow myself to just dwell in that, yeah. then I'd be missing all of this other beauty that's over here. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, it is a, it is a regular conscious decision that I make day by day, minute by mm -hmm. minute, hour by hour. And it is also where we talk about our edge and how our edge changes. My edge changes depending on the type of day I'm having. And mm -hmm. there are days where I want to get so much done, um, whether it be mom stuff that I need to do as a mom or whether it be business stuff related to my business. And I have to choose to surrender and say, I can't, not today. Yeah. Today's edge is 20 yards behind yesterday's edge. And I just have to accept that. Yes. Um, Be gentle and, with ourselves. And, yes. And not judge yeah. myself on it. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm grateful that you're here and able to show up today. I certainly hope you do have some days that are pain-free. Is it, is it pain every day or do you have uh, some days that? It's like varying levels of pain. So some days yeah. I'm a one and some days I'm a nine, you know, it's, wow. it's, I, there's very little time that I have zero pain. Yeah. Um, but when you're, you know, it, it's just your, um, reference becomes different. You know, when you're used mm -hmm. to having a, a nine, when you have a one or a two, you're like, Oh, I do anything. I have a one or a two today. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> but then you sometimes I bet pay for it the next day when you've given too much of yourself the day before. That was a, yes. I mean, I'm doing much better with that now because I have learned, I have learned how to manage my energy, yeah. um, and my nervous system. So migraine is yeah. a disease of the nervous system. Mm. And so I do a lot of nervous system work mm -hmm. to keep my nervous system in a good place so that I'm not overdoing it and then paying for it the next day. Absolutely. Well, and as a nurse, um, and you live in the United States, but um, I I had major surgery in 2021. 
And being in the hospital and being cared for by the nurses, I was horrified to see the state that they were in. It was so obvious to me, um, not only were they overworked and stretched so thin, but the toll that it was taking on them was so obvious. And it was very alarming to me when, you know, like you mentioned through the pandemic, the people who care for us, including therapists, psychologists, doctors, especially nurses, were at points of breakdown themselves. And that was terrifying to me because I'm like, wow, the people that we go to for help in our darkest hours and in times of most need are on their own verge and mm -hmm. um, are not able to necessarily take care of themselves in ways that keep them healthy to be able to keep showing up. Um, yeah. So that must be difficult as well as a nurse, because you have to pay attention to what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. But when you're on shift, that can be like, you just have to be pedal to the metal doing what you need yeah. to do. Yeah, my job is one of my most challenging, the most challenging things in my life when it comes to being a chronic pain sufferer, because you're right. Yes, there is no there's no way around it. I need to do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and you're also right that the healthcare system is, um, was not designed for taking care of its people. It was designed for taking care of patients, mm -hmm. but we will take the best care of our patients if we take care of ourselves, similar mm -hmm. to motherhood, right? We'll take the best care of our children if we take <laughs> care of ourselves. Um, yes. And so I actually am actively working on starting a committee where I work, um, where I'm going to be teaching people I work with some of these practices. And <gasps> with I them. love that. Um, and hoping that it will grow. We're starting very small, but we're, I'm hoping that it will grow to the department and then hospital mm. and keep moving outward because um, healthcare is uh, very stressful. Uh, it is stressful in so many ways. It's physically demanding. Um, there's a lot of constant uh, noise. It's very um, overstimulating mm -hmm. um, from the bells and the alarms and the number of people and you know patients' families and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's also very um, emotionally demanding. I mean, you know, you're dealing with people who are going through some really challenging things. Mm -hmm. They need so much from you. They are not at their best. Uh, yes. You know, this person <laughs> that you meet in the hospital, you may not recognize if you met them, you know, outside in the real world um, because they're really, they're in a lot of fear. They have yes. no control. Um, they are often stuck in one room for an extended period of time, which is not good for anyone's mental health. Um, mm -hmm. So, and their family members, the same, their family members are scared. They feel yeah. helpless. Um, so, you know, you're really managing both people's physical health and their mental, emotional, spiritual health at the same time. And it is very, very challenging. So I have learned to, um, be very present as much as I can. And, and I do stress that to my community and to the people that I work with and pretty much everyone I come in contact with that <laughs> presence is powerful. The mm. more you can be fully and completely present doing whatever activity you are doing, the less 
it will take from you, the less that activity will take from you energetically. You will feel in alignment, you will feel coherent, you will feel connected, mm -hmm. uh, and you will feel in flow. You'll feel in flow if you can remain present with right. the activity. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I try to do at work. Well, I love that you are helping or moving towards helping to change what you're seeing in the healthcare industry. And um, the excuse of we don't have time is just, it, it, we have to let that go because it's not about waiting for time to open up. It's about taking time and to, to care for ourselves and rest and repair and do all those things. So I love that you're working to bring awareness to that and also hopefully bring it into the workplace where, you know, nurses and that are given some space to be able to, to take those moments and um, replenish themselves. And because they're honestly angels, like, uh, uh, you know, several times with my family um, in different situations, like you say, people are in crisis, they're in pain, the family members need help. And nurses are so amazing at filling in all those gaps and trying to be everything for everybody um, and you see them so much more than you see the doctor who maybe pops in for five minutes and um, isn't able to provide that level of care. Um, but it comes at a cost. So I, I agree the system needs to change. And it's definitely been highlighted, I think, over the last few years. Yeah. And with so many nurses leaving the industry too. Yeah, yeah. I was about yeah. to say that the burnout yeah, rates are very high and we've lost a lot of people because yeah. the system isn't supporting them and they feel like they can't continue to do what they're doing. And so they choose to leave. Yes. It's like an insatiable need, um, especially for filling shifts and things. The more mm -hmm. you do it, the more they want you to do it. And, and like, nobody's ever going to give us a break from that unless we, you know, put a stop to it ourselves. Um, you talk about how surrendering is the key to expansion and connection before correction was something that I saw on one of your posts. So um, I'm definitely working with surrendering myself lately in the last few days, especially with my kids. Um, I definitely got into a period of holding too tightly and wanting to control the situation. And with three different kids, it was three different types of things going on, but I could really feel that I was um, feeling the effects of holding too tightly to what I thought needed to happen and what I wanted them to do. And they were pushing back, not wanting to do the things that their mom was recommending. Mm -hmm. And it really did come down to surrendering. And um, I've just been exploring that a little bit more and reminding myself that I'm not in control. I never was. And that um, sometimes the best thing we can do is surrender. So I'd love if you could talk to us more about that and how that helps with expansion if we are able to surrender. Sure, sure. So um, so my word of the year was expansion. Mm -hmm. And I um, chose that because I said I just, you know, I'm, I'm starting this new business and I am looking to expand in all directions, you know, laterally, depth. Every, in all directions, I want to expand. And um, if anyone out there is listening who's ever started their own business, it <laughs> is, it's a journey and mm -hmm. there's a lot of edges. <laughs> You've got a lot of edges. There's a yeah. lot of growth and there's a lot of uncertainty. And yeah. I felt myself really just um, 
just holding very tightly, feeling like I needed to be in control and force outcomes and, you know, questioning everything. What's the, you know, should I do this or should I do this? Or should I do this? Like, mm-hmm. a, like a bird, like I say, it's like a bird. Ever see a bird yes. or a squirrel like sitting there and their, their eyes are darting all around and their heads darting all around. <laughs> um, and instead, instead of being that calm, like presence, uh, which I knew I needed to be. And so I was in yoga one day and I usually set an intention for my yoga practice at the beginning of mm-hmm. practice. And I set the intention for expansion because that's my word of the year. And I go through my practice and I'm laying in Savasana, which if uh, if you have never done yoga before, that's that final pose at the end of practice. You're just laying on your back on the mat. It's the best one. (laughs) It translates to corpse pose. You're literally like laying there like you're dead. It's fantastic. You're relaxed. You've done this beautiful practice. And for whatever reason, um, I, I believe very strongly in intuition and all this work has really helped me to get in deep connection with my intuition. And I'm pretty auditory. I hear things when my intuition is speaking to me. And I was laying there and I, I heard like, relax, like relax your body. And it's so funny, we don't realize, like you think you're laying there relaxed. You think you're laying there and every muscle in your body is just like (laughs) a wet noodle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then when you really start paying attention, you actually recognize so many places that you're still holding that you didn't even realize you were still holding. And so when I heard this message, I chose to like take a body scan and just everywhere I came across in my body that I felt like I was still holding to consciously relax it. And what I noticed is that I expanded, okay? My actual physical body expanded when I surrendered. Because what did I do when I relaxed? I surrendered my body. Mm-hmm. And so my body expanded. And in that moment, I was like, oh, this is what I need to do to expand. I need to surrender. And you know, you don't think of those two things usually as, um, as buddies, right. As friends, you Mm -hmm. would think expansion requires work and effort where really what it's requiring is the surrendering of the effort so that you can allow the expansion. Mm. And then that takes us to faith. So how much faith do you have in God, the universe, you know, whatever term you want to use, how much faith do you have? Because your ability to surrender is in direct proportion to the amount of faith that you have, that everything is always has been and will be working for you and not against you and Mm. in your best interest. And so I think those three concepts are inextricably linked. Mm -hmm. um, And I am constantly working on them. And it's a practice. It's a daily practice that I, I have to like be mindful to surrender. And then when I think I've surrendered, when I'm laying it, like, like when I'm laying in Savasana and I think I've surrendered and I'm like, yeah. no, surrender some more. And then when I do that, I have to surrender some more. And wow. it's just a never ending process of recognizing when I'm holding and releasing. Um, and I am 
not a master at that at all at this point. I don't know if I ever will be, um, but I always say that everything begins with awareness. That's another thing. If you listen to my podcast, I will say that over and over. Everything begins with awareness, mm -hmm. right? No change can happen without awareness. And so the first step is just becoming aware, becoming aware when you're holding too tight, becoming mm -hmm. aware of what surrender even feels like becoming aware of your relationship with faith. And if you do believe that everything is happening for you and not to you, mm -hmm. um, these first little keys are just, you know, they open you up to a different way of experiencing the world. Mm -hmm. And from there well, we can practice. I'm curious um, in, I hold a lot of tension in my shoulders and my neck always have. Uh, I think that's quite common. And I'm really working on that these days um, in terms of laying down and I have, you know, whether it's rolling on a, on a roller mm -hmm. to stretch out my back. It, it, for me, it's all about heart opening right now. Mm -hmm. And it definitely takes me to that edge of pain. Um, but I do find breath is very helpful. So are, are you also talking about breathing to achieve that sense of expansion is it linked to the breath for you so everything to me is linked to the breath yes i am a huge um believer in in breath and in breath work mm -hmm. um and in being very connected to our breath so yes and i would say excuse me i would say i would rather you be at a point of discomfort than pain Mm -hmm. Um, because what happens is when we're in pain is that our breath often becomes short and shallow, um, where in discomfort, we can still have long, slow, deep breaths, which mm -hmm. is very calming to our nervous system and where our body feels safe and where we can surrender because you mm. can't surrender unless you feel safe. If you feel unsafe, either mm -hmm. psychologically unsafe or your body feels unsafe, you, the messages being sent up to your brain are, you are not safe. You need to be in fight or flight because contract. something bad could happen. Yes. Contract, yeah. direct blood flow to those major muscles, you know, increase your heart rate, be ready to run, right? Be ready mm. to run from the saber toothed tiger as they always right. use that example where we want to be in rest and restore, where we feel we we can open our hearts, right? This is a very vulnerable, vulnerable position to open your heart. You're exposing mm -hmm. not only your heart, but all of your major organs and your core and your body needs to feel, and your mind needs to feel safe to do that. So mm -hmm. long, slow, deep breaths, longer exhales than inhales, you know, inhaling for a count of four, exhaling for a count of six, these are ways of um, getting your body, telling your body you are safe and it's okay mm. to surrender. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I'll remember that next time I, because um, I do have the habit of pushing myself to the point of pain um, because I think I sometimes enjoy that release that can come if you do push through that. But I agree yeah. with what you're saying that it, it might be, rushing or you're not going to necessarily achieve the right or the same results as if you slowly expand in that direction yeah, yeah. while feeling and, safe 
while feeling safe. And I will tell you, Laura, being a chronic pain sufferer, migraine comes with a ton of neck and shoulder pain. Um, mm -hmm. Meditation and slow breath work actually do a, really a miraculous job at managing pain. Mm -hmm. um, it is really quite staggering how much you can reduce your pain by doing one of those two things. Um, which seems kind of like, why would that work? I'm not doing anything to my muscle, right? I'm not, and not that there's, yeah. I'm totally for all the stretching and, and all that as well. I'm not, that's yes. another piece of the puzzle. Um, but you often, I don't think people associate meditation mm -hmm. with pain relief, yes. but it is remarkably good at helping you manage pain and decreasing yeah. your pain levels. I totally agree. I was actually just in a, six week course where we were exploring meditation, breath work. Um, and it was for people with depression, anxiety, PTSD, and chronic pain. And I remember being a little surprised that the chronic pain part was thrown in there, but I learned just as what you're saying, this is, it has a, a, a definite reaction in our bodies and um, can be really powerful in your toolbox among the other things that you're doing to help um, manage that, which is really, really important. There's so many people that live with chronic pain. It's, it's quite scary. Um, I'm glad you mentioned intuition. And I know you had Benita Hudson on your podcast. It was really fascinating to hear your conversation with her. Um, tell us about the role that intuition plays in your life. You mentioned a little bit about it. Um, have you always heard that um, guidance that you were telling us about? Is that something you've experienced for a long time? So um, I heard it since I was a very small child. I can remember hearing it as a very small child for years and years. And then life happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then life happened. Then um, culture got to me. Uh, parents with best intentions got to me. Um my own ego got to me, busyness, so many things um, mm -hmm. that I, in my mind, when I have a visual of it, it's like my intuition is this like deep, you know, part of me that's inside and it got covered over layer by layer by layer by layer by layer until it's not that it wasn't there, but I wasn't hearing it. Mm -hmm. um, I, because intuition tends to be those small whispers they're, they're not, you know, intuition doesn't yell through a megaphone, you know, it's, it's <laughs> very subtle. Um, mm -hmm. and I had covered it over with so many layers that I, I couldn't find it anymore. Mm. And I knew it too. I, I recognized it that I used to have this deep connection to myself and to my intuition and to the universe, um, that, didn't seem to exist for me anymore. And I, I couldn't figure out how to get it back. And then life, life intervened. I got, um, I had postpartum depression after my daughter was born. Then I developed a chronic pain condition. Then I had um, very serious depression related to the chronic pain condition. And then we've talked about my daughter and her struggles. And, you know, all, as we were talking about before, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Mm -hmm. And those things, were the things that brought me back to myself. They brought me home to myself and to my intuition because 
I had no other choice. I, mm -hmm. I was in a place where it was either I do this work or I might not come out the other end. I mm -hmm. might not be there to raise my children. And so again, you know, there's this choice. We, we come to this bifurcation in the road of I either break down or I break open mm -hmm. and it's a choice. And I choose to, I chose to break open. And when I did that, I, my intuition returned and it, it's not a moment. I don't want it to sound like it was like a light switch, like one minute I didn't have it. And the next minute I did, this was a very long process. Okay. Yeah. Lots of different practices, lots of time. Um, and it's still happening and it will probably mm -hmm. forever be happening. But now I'm at a place where I can hear my intuition. I rely on it in a regular basis. I am so grateful for it. Um, and I will never, ever again allow it to be covered over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and did you consciously set out to peel back those layers or was that a byproduct? It reappeared or you were able to hear it because of the work you were doing or were you intentionally going after connecting it back with that part of yourself? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So it was a byproduct. However, I just finished saying intuition doesn't usually shout through a megaphone, but I can tell you one time <laughs> that it did for me, which was when I was at my lowest of lows, darkest of dark moments, my intuition said, go to yoga. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> I can't even do these poses. Like I am. In so that so was before pain. you had ever gone to yoga or had you just not been in a while? I had not. Yes. I had been in and out very lightly, mm -hmm. completely asana based practice, no philosophy, just went there for exercise. I don't know. I just went cause I liked yeah. it. Um, but it, it was this, and I was, I've always been a very physical person. So I've done every form of exercise you can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And I've played many sports and I've just always been a very physical person. And at the time when this all crept up on me, I was still very physical and I was going to kickboxing classes and weightlifting classes and Pilates classes and all these things. And I couldn't anymore. I just, I mean, my, the pain level was too intense. I couldn't handle mm. the sound of the loud music. I couldn't handle the other people. Like it was just all too much. And I just heard as clear as I am speaking to you, I heard go to yoga. And I thought, okay. Like I was so broken down. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm going to do. And I went and I spent probably 80% of the class just laying on my back on the yoga mat. Cause I could not do all of the things that you right. know, the, the yoga teacher was calling out. I was in too much pain for that. Um, mm -hmm. but I felt safe to lay there. Mm -hmm. And there was some healing that I felt that was going on there. And so I just kept going back, even though it was, didn't really make much sense that I was paying to go to a class to lay on the mat for 80% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> but I left each time feeling just a little more hopeful, like mm -hmm. a little more, you know, the Dharma talk would always get to me that little talk that they do in the beginning of a yoga class. That's usually based in some form of, you know, yoga philosophy that, and little bit of that. I do that breathing, mm -hmm. any bit of breathing I could do. I would do any little poses that I could do. And I would leave feeling just a little bit better. Like there was a little mm -hmm. light creeping in right. and I just kept doing that over and over. And 
that's where the process began. So my intuition shouted, I actually did listen. And then it led me back to a full, you know, a full being able to get in touch with that intuition. That's fascinating, but it, it required you to pay attention to that first loud command. Yeah. And then more unfolded for you. So that's really amazing. Um, One thing that you're making me think of is even just in a class. Now I've been one of those people that I will go to a yoga class every once in a while and I enjoy it, but I, I do not know much about the whole bigger picture with yoga. Um, I find that fascinating. So at at some point, at some point I probably will learn more about that, but I'm a big believer in meditation, which is a big part of it. But when we're doing the balancing poses in yoga, um, there is one particular teacher who will say, believe you can. And it's so powerful when she says that because it's remarkable how that belief in ourselves, in our ability to do something can be very powerful when we actively just believe that we can. Um, and I find sometimes I'm in that wavering point where you're just not feeling very balanced. And as soon as she says those words, I just like it drops you in in a different kind of way. It's it's remarkable how that can be so powerful. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just have like chills all over me when you say that because I grew up. My parents used to always say, "I'll believe it when I can see it." Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I think that was a common expression, right? Like, like they don't believe it. Yeah. Like, they don't believe it, and then once they see it, they believe it. But yes. I think we should flip that and say, "I'll see it when I believe it." Right. Mm-hmm. First comes the faith. First comes the surrender and the faith and the trust and the belief in what is possible, and then yeah. you will see it on the outside. Yeah. And that has been proven over and over for me since I've started this journey is when Mm -hmm. I choose to have faith and believe it shows up. Beautiful. And it just reminds me too, how important it is to have those teachers in our life who are supporting us in that way and supporting us in our strengths because at times we don't have that belief in ourselves so it can be like you said it can just open that door where a little bit of light can shine in and all of a sudden we have a bit of hope whereas the day before we didn't have any so it's yeah it's really powerful um thank you for sharing all of that um I'm curious Katie what is really lighting you up these days and pushing you out of your comfort zone now Ooh, uh, all of that I'm doing. Um, so I am really excited about coaching other women. And it's funny that what you just said about, you know, someone who has a belief in you and then it helps support you. And so that you can take that next step. And that is what I want to do for women. I yeah. want to hold space for them and to believe in them. Cause I do believe in them. I so powerfully <laughs> believe in women and what they are capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, if, they can do a little bit of that internal work, a little self-discovery, a little realization about what's holding them back. And then mm. they can just soar in the most beautiful way ways. And we need women. We need women like we've never needed women before <laughs> to step into their power, to step into their authenticity, to do what lights them up because it will make this world a better place. And so that is what is really lighting me up right now. And what I am, what all of this is for, you know, what I, why I started the podcast and my newsletter and my website and all this, like 
technical stuff that, you know, I'm not a technology girl. Anyone who knows me personally is like, oh, she has mad you technology. Are now. You are now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I've been pushed up against my edge many times in technology yeah. and I would have quit. I truly, I mean, I would have quit if I did not hold this, this belief that I can help women to do this and that it will change the world. Other, you know, my, I, this is my contribution to the world. I'm going to mm -hmm. help women make their contribution to the world. And we're going to make this world a better place. Oh, that's so awesome. You gave me shivers several times as you were talking and yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's time and it's time for us to get over the, all the things that we use as excuses to hold ourselves back. And there's just no time for that anymore. I, I agree that that's what the world needs is more women at the table. And um, the more successful we can be, like women tend to share that within their community and their their home. And um, they're just so generous in bringing that abundance to other people. So um, we really can change the world. I couldn't agree more. Um, I also wanted to just mention this book to you when we were touching on mental health, brain energy. Are you familiar? No, with... I am not familiar with okay. this. Dr. Chris Palmer, I heard him on one of Mel Robbins podcasts. I highly recommend you listen to it. It was fascinating. Okay. Um, he's a psychiatrist and to just hear his story about how he is um helping his patients now all through nutrition and affecting the gut health, which in turn affects the brain health. Mm -hmm. And he just completely turns, um, you know, our understanding of mental health on its head and he's having great results. So I'm, I'm just so interested in reading that book and learning more about him. Um, what are you currently reading and um, enjoying? So I'll I will answer that in one one second. I actually sure. may have heard him on a previous podcast. Was he the doctor who basically healed an a schizophrenic who they they had tried everything and healed him through diet, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Remarkable. Like, remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah. Yes. Even in areas where a lot of times, you know, the caveat is always, oh, but this won't help people with bipolar or schizophrenia. He's like, no, this he's not even saying he's not saying it's a cure but he's saying this will help everybody like there's yes. so much that we can improve on by paying attention to our diet by removing toxins from our bodies from our environments um, you know just really having that holistic view of how we can impact change and and he's like our model is so broken it's not working it's like broken. the amount of medications that we're prescribing that aren't even helping and they're yes. creating more problems so really refreshing way of looking at things especially from a psychiatrist yes, yeah. yes. and i will um i will also tell you so we, we mentioned my daughter and she's had a, a different struggles and some of them have been mental health but some of them have been physical health and we are now seeing a functional medicine provider mm. who, um, my daughter spent years in pain in her stomach years, just horrible pain, couldn't eat continuous mm. weight loss. She had every test under the sun. She had various medications with all their fun side effects. Mm. Um, they could not come up with anything and they could not help her pain. Mm. We went to see this functional medicine doctor. She has healed her stomach. She has wow. healed 
her stomach and she is on zero medications for her stomach. She eats normally. She has gained her weight back and she feels fantastic. And is that all through diet and, and eating the foods that were right for her? It's partially diet and partially uh, like healing her microbiome. So she mm. had some yeast that had to be taken care of. She had some bacteria in her system. Oh. She's on a specific um, probiotic, um, but she now eats normally. And this was a girl who would sit at the dinner table, take one or two bites of food, curl over, hold her stomach and say, I can't mm. eat anymore. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. isn't that incredible? And it's that whole food is thy medicine. Like that's what the medical yeah. system was based on originally, but we've just gotten yeah. so far from that. So yeah. it's, yeah, there's more and more resources available and functional medicine is one of them, which is, is so powerful. So it's so good to hear that she's been able to make those changes and yeah. And we're working on other things. She has other things as well. We just found out that we have, um, which may be related to my migraine as well, that we have, both of us have mold toxicity. So we are now detoxing from mold. So, um, which, you know, we have mentioned this to our regular medical providers who just kind of like roll their eyes and wave their hands and they don't, (laughs) they don't buy into it, but, um, I don't blame them. They have a certain amount of training and that's their training. Um, but we, as, um, we, as the consumers of medicine need to educate ourselves and need to know that there are more options out there beyond Mm -hmm. the traditional medical model. Um, and you know, who does that? Who does that? Moms do that, right? Who does that? They have to fight for their kid. That's when they do it. They got to fight for their kid. And you want to talk about intuition. I came to a point where I had to make some decisions about which way we were going to go with my daughter's healthcare, because, um, you know, all these things are very expensive and they're time consuming and you you can't do all the things at once. You have to make choices. And, uh, my intuition said functional medicine and Mm -hmm. I got very well-meaning people saying to me, don't you think you should do this or do that instead. And, and are you sure you want to, uh, do they really know what they're talking about? And I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm boxing myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm boxing myself in. This is what my intuition is telling me. And this is where I'm going, um, which is, you know, we have, we've circled around the topic of boundaries for women, but that's, a, you know, boundaries is a huge piece where you learn yeah. to set the boundaries and know that even really well-intentioned people yeah. do not carry your intuition. And you have to listen to it. And when you don't, you will always be sorry. I have always been sorry when I have not listened to it. Um, Mm. So anyway, we're in the middle of multi-toxing now. So that's, that's fascinating Uh, that you brought that up. Well, and I've heard a lot about mold detoxing lately and also heavy metals, um, having that tested. And yeah, it's like, you don't, you don't hear about those things very often unless you're actually seeking them out, but it's, I am hearing more and more people stay like I took care of all the other things and I was still not well. And then you discover that you're, you know, you've been exposed to mold and it can be at any point in your, it can be from way back when you were a kid. Right. But unless you treat it now, it's still, it's still harming you. So I'm, that is such a beautiful story that it's had such a huge impact for your daughter to, to progress with that pain. Yeah. It's been, I'm beyond grateful beyond wow. grateful and and well the story is still unfolding so I'll let you know how it yeah. goes but yeah. yeah and things change right things like hormones can throw things off and yeah, yeah. it's it's a constant it's a journey for life really and every phase that we're at can bring it different is. challenges but just the more we can educate ourselves and trust our intuition is a beautiful thing 
Yeah. Um, and more research needs to be done as well. I mean, I really am pro mm-hmm. research. I, I, you know, I was a, um, nursing was a second degree for me. I was a chemistry mm-hmm. major and then I went back to school to become a nurse. And, um, I do believe in science. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do believe in science and I do believe that also just because you don't prove something you haven't yet proven something to be true, doesn't mean that it's not true. Right. So the more research we can do, the more we can understand these processes and how to help people. Um, but, but there is a lot out there beyond the traditional medical model that people who are suffering can educate themselves on and lean into and get results from. Mm-hmm. You're a smart cookie. I just have <laughs> to say that you have a very interesting array of um, interests and talents. And I always find it refreshing when somebody is definitely in the medical system, but also open to spirituality and intuition and, you know, different modalities of healing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I really do believe, I mean, it's not a, it's not a this or that it's, it's a yes. And it's a yes. And there's, there's a place for it all. There's a time and a place for it all. We just might not have all those times and places right yet. (laughs) We haven't haven't figured them all out yet. (laughs) That's a balance. Uh, Yeah. Sure. Um, the uh, book you asked what I'm reading, Creativity. Yeah. That's what I'm reading right now. Um, the oh. book Creativity. I'm looking it up because I can't remember who the author is. Creativity. I'm going to tell you in one second. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The Creative Act is what it's called. I'm sorry. The Creative Act. Yes, by Rick Rubin. And is it, tell us a little bit about it. Is it about exploring your creativity? It is. It's about exploring your creativity and how we're all creative people in our own way Mm. um, and how to recognize where our creative power lies and how to lean into it um, and let let it come through, let it shine through. Beautiful. And I um, often coach people and that's one area that we talk about is creativity and what role it has in your life. And a lot of times people have lost their creative... um, whatever there that was for them and bringing it back in can be so powerful. And, and like you say, getting into that state of flow and just processing things. Um, so that's, that's a great book recommendation. I'm going to look into that. So yeah. thank you. you I love to read. Um, too. <laughs> yeah, so our time has flown by. I can't believe it's already been um, an hour, but I want to ask you one final question, if that's okay. Sure. What is something that you think your future self would like you to know now? You can think like 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road. What would Katie say to today, Katie? It's a big question. I guess it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. It's beautiful. And I feel like that's such a big one for, especially for us mothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To just know that it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. Is really all there is because if we trust in that, we can do anything. That's right. We can, yeah. we can go through the valleys. We can hit the bumps. Because and it'll all be worth it. Yeah. It'll all be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, well, can you tell us the best places to follow along with you in addition to your podcast? I would love people yes. to go and listen to your podcast and follow and support that. Where yes. else can we follow you? 
So you can also follow, sign up for my newsletter, um, which I put the link to that in all of my show notes. Um, and that comes out at least weekly. I usually summarize the show and give some, um, I call them mindfulness moments. I give some mindfulness, mindfulness exercises at the bottom of each um, newsletter that I invite people to, to try out um, and self-inquiry exercises and things like that. Um, I also have a website that will be open very soon. It's not quite there. It's just a, a like a, we're under construction right now, but it's momontheverge.org.org. Okay. okay. Um, on Instagram, I am Katie, mom, and Yogi. And... I love that name. Thank <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> it's so true. Um, <laughs> and uh, Facebook, I'm just Katie Farinas, just my full name, Katie Farinas is Facebook. And that's pretty much it right now. Okay. Beautiful. Right. We'll definitely put those in the show notes. Oh, so and I'll you. add one more. I'm sorry, Laura. I'll yeah, add one go more ahead. My, um, email katie at momontheverge.org. And I would love to hear people. I love when people email me. So anyone yeah. listening out there who has any questions, thoughts, concerns, anything, please email me. I love, <laughs> I love getting in touch with, with the audience. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Katie. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I definitely want to keep in touch. And thank you for what you're doing in the world. You're definitely having an impact and showing up in so many different ways. So Thank you for joining you. us today on the podcast. And I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Laura. Everything you said right back at you. And um, <laughs> I just love we've been able to, to establish this relationship between the two of us. And I'm, I'm just really grateful for it. So thank you. Me too. I look forward to many more conversations. Me too. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you enjoyed the conversation, please rate and review and follow along. I'm so happy that you're here and I will see you next time.